0: just a quick heads up guys uh later in the episode towards the end i completely biffed on the date for the uh, closing of the coyote award voting uh it's may 15th not april 15th so you've got a month and five days um my apologies for that and i hope you enjoy the rest of the episode thanks Hello and welcome to Independent Clause, your anthropomorphic writing and literature podcast. Episode 15, The Sandbox. I'm your host, Sparf. Given the news, well, what used to be recently, uh, regarding a new anthology opening up for submissions set in Tim Sussman's New Tibet Universe, I wanted to do an episode talking about playing in other people's sandboxes. Now, normally on this podcast, I've tried to give general writing advice that is usually widely applicable, both to writing for publication and just to writing in general, if publication isn't your goal. Today's going to be no different in that regard, but with one caveat. Now, Most of what I'm talking about here will be writing within a universe using specific rules established for that universe by its creators. Fanfic writers have more leeway. And there's certainly nothing wrong with playing with altering the universe, but it's not what I'm going to be focusing on here today. Although, the principles people use when writing fanfiction are honestly very close to what you would be using anyway. So I'm also going to lean on Tim Sussman's Guidelines for New Tibet to provide some examples from, since it's the currently open submission call as of this recording. I'll put links in the show notes, of course, though the listing will likely disappear once the submission deadline has passed, and that deadline is April 30th, 2018, so we're getting up on the um, deadline, so I'm sorry about that. Most of us know how fun it can be to play around in a world we didn't create. Furries have been doing that forever. Furrymuck has been around a really long time that's just the tip of the iceberg, albedo anthropomorphics, metamorph keep, things like New Tibet have been around in one form or another pretty much forever. Writing in another person's universe is very much akin to the skill set you might use when crafting a D&D adventure in established settings like Dark Sun, Ravenloft. So if you ever find yourself really stuck for how to go about something, um, I recommend checking out a guide to being a dungeon master. There's certainly no shortage of ink and or digital information spilled on the topic. Let's dispel a little myth right now as we get started. You, as the writer, do not have to know a given universe inside and out before you can write in it. I've said that before. It's the same advice I give writers who love world building. You're not Tolkien. You don't have, probably, a distinguished academic chair position that will support you. And you don't need to build your universe fully before you write in it. You can if you want. I'm not here to tell you what you can and can't do. Um, But you don't have to. I encourage working in a story-first manner. It just gets the story on the page. You can always tweak it later. And you can always go through your story and pick out the things and build your own little wiki. That's a lot of fun for uh, information organizers who just adore data. In this case, of course, what I'm talking about, there will be established canon. The universe is set up by its creator or creators, and you work within that framework. The framework of a shared universe is probably the biggest thing I'll talk about today because it weaves through everything and it informs so much of how you construct your story. The first and the most important thing you should do is try to assimilate the information the creator provides about the world. That sounds contradictory to my statement about not being fully steeped in all the nuance and lore involved, but let let me try to explain. Um, You don't have to know everything, but you do have to know sort of the fundamental nuts and bolts of the world. In my experience, and I used to write a fair amount of fanfiction, you can probably still find some of it. Terrible as it is, it's probably still online. You can divide it into categories. You can divide the information you're given into categories, where each piece of information will fall into a category, and it that's determined by the story you want to tell. Now, the first category I'm going to call simply the rules. It's just that. It's the rules. This is where the hard and fast rules of the universe go. These are the things that you're probably going to affect the story in some way, no matter what story you choose to write. You can probably assume that Any natural laws that are not contradicted by something in the setting can be ignored. Those are universal. The reader will be familiar with them. Um, This category, and I use the term category just for organization's sake, it's more for the places where the rules are different. The very fact of the world being populated by anthropomorphic animals is a difference. Although in writing furry, we can usually overlook that. That can be one of our gimmies that doesn't count against your typical ones. Faster-than-light travel being possible. Rules of society that are different. New Tibet is a resource colony run, essentially, by huge mining interests and two organized crime families. Ostensibly, this is different from our world, though how much you believe it to be so is a matter of opinion. Everything in the rules category should be something that is part of the very fabric of the universe you're working in. These are your constants. These are the things that inform what you write, how your characters react, what their backstories are. Everything is affected by these rules. You could think of this category as a character in its own right, much the same way the town of Salem's Lot is a character in that novel. The second category that I make use of when I'm doing this is what I call People and Places. It's a bit broad and vague for a category, and it will bleed into the third one, but bear with me. People and Places is a category I use specifically to cull out which of the places and characters from the existing world directly relate to either the plot or to the original characters I'm writing, if any. In a fan fiction, this would be your supporting cast. Writing a SWAT fanfiction centered on the main characters of that show, that's going to contain Enforcer Headquarters, City Hall, Mayor Manx, Deputy Mayor Briggs, and Commander Farrell as examples. Some people take the barest elements of a setting and they run with it when writing fanfiction. I've seen Gargoyles fanfic written about completely original clans of gargoyles in different time periods and having nothing to do with any existing character or place whatsoever. That is a situation where the rules are what matter. It's most useful in a broadly defined universe. So, again, like New Tibet, where the world is defined, but you are less likely to use many existing characters apart from the occasional vague reference. So there you're writing in someone else's world for publication, with their permission, so you would need to consult the creators of other characters in, in other stories in that universe if you wanted to use them. Um, but for pure fan fiction, quite often the characters are what make the setting so fascinating. Without the SWAT cats themselves, what really is Megacat City, except a generic metropolis full of anthrocats, cats, which, while neat, is not central to the show. The third broad category is lore and flavor. And you know, you could probably break these out into their own categories a little bit if you want to, but these are just some broad ideas. When you're playing in a shared universe, there's going to be some amount of this. As an example, um long ago when the first Star Wars movie came out, that's A New Hope, that's episode 4. Leia's hologram mentions the Clone Wars. We're never told what they are. The audience is left to imagine what kind of conflict that is, what it might involve, what the Jedi might have done in it. We don't even know anything about the Jedi as of right now. That kind of reference, the little one-offs, those can add a real texture to your story without wandering off on tangents that'll bore your audience to tears. This is a very modern fiction sort of point of view. If you read the classics you will find because people had more time to read and they were more patient with reading, authors could get away with a lot more. The point, and I'm a little rusty on my Victor Hugo, but there's a point in Les Miserables where he goes off on a tangent for several pages about the battle that was fought. I think it was going off about Waterloo, and it's just talking about the tactics and who won and how they won it's it's completely irrelevant to Valjean's story but th- th- you could get away with that then now if you're going to do that what you really probably want to do is tease it and don't bring it in unless it's absolutely necessary which is advice you've probably heard me give three or four times on various episodes bring things in when they're necessary um you can do that it also, if you have this great idea, you know, jot it down. Don't waste the idea. Just put it down in a in a notepad or in a personal wiki or something, and you can always draw on it for future works in your universe if you are making that, if it's your universe. If it's someone else's universe, maybe after you're publishing with them, maybe bring it up to them and say, hey, I had this idea. Is this something that would fit? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. The lore of a, a shared universe is going to grow over time, as long as that universe is actively being written in. This is what happened to the old Star Wars expanded universe, and it's what's happening now with the new, more tightly controlled and regulated replacement for it. The lore grows and expands as each new author puts his or her own impression upon the world. I say his or her, I should say there. Um, my apologies for that. It's just attempting to get better at doing that. My honest recommendation with regard to this particular category, take a notepad as you reread your universe's source material, or watch the show or the movie, whatever it is, if this is helping you write fanfic. Take note of the little things those characters use or mention. The, the little the little objects the the things that are unique that you really don't get an explanation for but they they add that bit of texture to the world in shadows of the empire there's a good example of this uh, prince shizor is sent a basically priceless gemstone uh, it's called a tumanian pressure ruby and it's described as immensely beautiful etc etc and what does he do but toss it vaguely on his desk as he walks out and thinks about what will happen if the cleaning droid picks it up when it falls on the floor and he doesn't care which we've established that it's immensely valuable because it was sent to him to try to curry favor and he also doesn't care one whit about it because he has plenty of money all of those things from one little snippet of a scene, from one little throwaway object. There are bad examples of this, too. You can think of them. You can make them up yourself. Um, Made-up words for everyday objects. I want, the best thing I can do is make you think of of descriptors you might hear on the Jetsons which is probably a pretty dated reference for a lot of you, and I apologize, but just look up some episodes of the Jetsons. I'm sure you can find them. Um, I'll give you some examples. Let's take our space boots into the city and play a game of Hyperpool. It sounds ridiculous. Worse than that is when you go to name a common concept from our world that is no different in the fictional world. Sci-fi author James Blish, I think? Apparently, called these shmirps. He said, you know, if it looks like a rabbit, acts exactly like a rabbit, has no fundamental difference from an earth rabbit, then calling it a shmirp does not make it strange and alien. So, off that tangent, if you read or watch as you're reading the fiction in question, you start picking out the terms. Also notice how they're grouped together. What words come up when you're dealing with the wealthy and corrupt versus what comes up with a a broke detective who's trying to crack a big case? Um, Those differences will illustrate a lot about your world. New Tibet is a heavily class-based society. The vast majority of characters in it are... Calling them blue-collar is generous. But there are always the outliers in common and precious, there is Tiger Barda, who is the essentially the, C, he's the CEO, the owner, might as well be the owner of Terra Mine. He is immensely wealthy, he is corrupt as hell, and he is completely uncaring. And none of that is spoilers, by the way, that's just the setup. The things that he has in his office, um, I started to make a little database of a particular type of wood that had to be transported to the planet. Um, Glass. He has actual glass all throughout his office, and glass is not an incredibly rare thing because glass is just heated melted silica, sand. But he's got so much of it because there's a planet that he mines whose entire output is glass. That's their entire job, is to make glass. So it's a a commodity. So you see less of it in in lower class areas. All of those little things add a texture to the world, even if you never explain what they are. But again, make sure that it comes across as something unique, and it's not just, oh, this is bread, but we're going to call it flernblatt. What's special about it? Uh, It's bred on this planet. Okay. Nah, don't do that. Once you've got that list going, you can start tossing references into your own story. The trick I've found is not to do it too much, or with something too prominent from an existing work. If every Star Wars book after Shadows the Empire had at least one scene mentioning a Tumanian pressure ruby, it loses its uniqueness. It becomes a cliche at worst. Sometimes a trope at best. I strive not to invent tropes. There are plenty of them already. TV tropes is a um, an internet black hole of them. As always, beta readers will be your best friends. When you're writing your story, there's always that old plot-driven versus character-driven divide that you should be aware of and figuring out how much one way or the other your story is going. But there's a third thing that I focus on. And you absolutely... I'm going to say every time, and you should do this anyway, but think about how the setting changes your story. What will happen differently here because the story is set in this world, if you're writing a gargoyle's fanfic, it's going to take place probably mostly at night. Otherwise, your gargoyle characters are going to be frozen in stone, for example. Now You can argue you should always be thinking of how the setting affects the story. That's true. I say it's doubly important when the setting is so much a part of the story you're telling. With all that I've said so far, one thing is important to remember, and the setting isn't yours... But the story absolutely is yours. If you have an idea that is just gnawing at you, run with it. If it breaks a rule of the setting, figure out if that rule-breaking is something you can use. If it causes a... I mean, if you're breaking a, a rule that is, oh, you know, faster than light travel doesn't actually exist, and we use generation ships, and a character develops an FTL drive, well, that's going to be a major change. Um, is it something you can use deliberately Just take some risks if you feel like it do the unexpected it is your story I will caution you a shared universe setting when it's being controlled and you're not writing just fan fiction is a lot like role playing with someone else's character the setting is a character don't god mode I'm showing my age again there. What do I mean by god mode? Well, I mean, you know what it means in a video game, maybe. Um, Don't make changes to the setting that would be permanent without the creator's permission. Um, And again, this is more for the publications who are writing with permission. Fanfic, eh, do what you want. Completely do what you want. Uh, You may have an idea for, I don't know, a massive beast rising out of a dark sea and flying across the land tearing a massive radioactive scar in its wake and passing right through a populated city. That city exists in the universe's existing materials. That sounds really cool, but you shouldn't do that without talking it over with the universe's creator, because that's a permanent change. If that's a major population center, that's going to affect how the world is written from then on. If you're writing for publication, if they like your story and, other but they don't like that it might be sent back for edits to have you rewrite that part remove that part um if it's something that's moderated like online i mean your post or your story might just be declared invalid another thing to keep in mind is not to write existing characters um out of character If the sultry, seductive, gay dancer is suddenly written in your fiction as a standoffish, straight librarian, it's going to raise some eyebrows with anyone who knows the existing material. Now, you can always add to their character and develop them if you like, of course, if you're using them with permission. Um, Change is what makes for character growth. It's interesting. We need to see why, though. If you're going to give a major change, you need to show us why. That's why a lot of stories do time shifts, People in who write fanfic will write, oh, you know, this is the new generation. And you've got your character who is the hero who's kind of old and bitter now, and you don't know why. And that's why people hated, well, some people hated what uh, Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi. And because Luke is very different from how they imagined him. And the difference between that and your average fanfic is this was done with authorization. It was. Lucasfilm did this deliberately so you know you sort of have to reckon with that um I guess all of this that I've been going through is is really just sort of hanging accessories onto existing good writing practices I I hope some of it's been helpful I am not um you know I'm not 100% sure that I didn't just ramble your ears off but uh the new tibet anthology i mentioned closes in about 20 days from the time of this recording on april 20th um no today is the 10th not the 20th so if you're working on it um best of luck to you uh if you're not and you're a fast writer you might still be able to get something in uh that's at sovawolf.com, and there's a submit link in the little menu at the bottom um best of luck Um, Seriously, I look forward to, even if I don't end up in that anthology, I look forward to reading it, um, and I hope that some of you are able to get in there. In the meantime, uh, the Coyote Awards are still open for voting through April 15th, I think, so another few days. Um, As a reminder, my story Hollow from Bleak Horizons is up for that, so if you are a Furry Writers Guild member, please go vote. And if you think my story was good, please consider casting your vote for it. I really appreciate it. On another note, I realize, um... This episode was a little rambly, and it's been a while since my last episode, which seems to be a trend. I get one out on on an irregular basis. I had started writing this one up to be done a month after the last one to get on a more regular update schedule. Unfortunately, we are at the heart of convention season prep for me. Um... And wedding planning. Um, I helped to run a couple of conventions, and I'm planning my own wedding. So, uh, that sucked up a lot more of my time and mental and emotional spoons than I would have liked. I'm going to try to have something up each month going forward. I plan on recording another excrement Authors Articulate uh, at Anthrocon this year. Possibly have some new guests, including uh, Ocean from Fangs and Fonts. Uh, if, uh, he can stand to be in the same room as me. Um, and possibly, you know, having some other new guests on as well. Um, I will be at furthermore, um, in Tyson's corner, Virginia, April 20th through the 22nd. So if you see me there, please feel free to say hi. I apologize in advance if I'm rushing off somewhere and I can't talk. Um, that's the life of a con staffer, but I will appreciate seeing you if you say, oh, hey, you know, I like your podcast. For now, I'll say farewell and remember, don't let anything, including conventions, stop you from writing.